going on, John? Not much. I was waiting for music. I was using that as a cue. Not not the little clicking. I started after the music, dude. <laughs> well, anyways, welcome to the Blue Collar Syndicate podcast or show, vice versa, whatever. Blue Collar Syndicate show. And I feel like it's been a long time since we've sat down. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. We've both been pretty busy. Yeah, you've been all over the place. I left the place and we squeezed this in to bring it to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally got home like an hour before we got out here to the shop. Yeah. So where have you been? I actually went on my first like major big trip. Like I've made smaller trips around the country for fun, but I actually went to Europe. So I went to Paris. I went to London, ventured around, saw the catacombs in Paris, saw Royal Guards in London, and I did all sorts of shit for a little over a week. What was your favorite part? Mm, I'm going to say the catacombs. Just walking underground for like a mile in just random ass tunnels with skulls and femur bones surrounding you is nuts. It was kind of cool. You're going to have to educate me. What are uh, catacombs? <laughs> I have zero <laughs> idea. Um, so the catacombs, it's basically it was a giant grave site during like the, the Black Plague. And they, when obviously people were just dying left and right, and I think it was like 50,000 or 150,000. I have pictures of like the, they had walls of like pictures and all the information and shit. I have a couple of pictures of that. But yeah, somewhere between 50,000, if not more, people were dying and they had like up to five different grave sites. And when they, the, the tunnels, they got forgotten about for years. And when they were rediscovered, they kind of picked up the remains. And then just kind of reorganize it in a better way. And I think some spots. Or they just didn't touch any of it. But yeah, it's miles and miles of underground tunnels. And there's just human remains everywhere. So you went to Jeepers Creepers house. Yes. And it was, <laughs> I went to luckily on one of the one years out of 27 that he's sleeping. <laughs> uh, he's going to be back soon. I think they're on like number five or six now. There's a lot of Jeepers Creepers movies. Dude, we actually watched one. I want to say it was three or four. It sucked. <laughs> Fucking horrible. Yeah, they went downhill. But the first one was the best. The uh, second one. I like the second one. It's pretty good. But not, not as good as the first, but. Yeah, the first. Dude, you want to know where I watched the first one? Huh? At my aunt's house in Nebraska, surrounded by a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was terrified as a child after Definitely that Definitely sets the mood for you, huh? <laughs> but where have you been? You've been out driving. Uh, Everywhere. Let's see, made a couple of trips to Kansas and back, and then I went this week, I started, I drove, I picked up a Skidster Friday, drove it out to Ohio, and then I picked up a load of trailer axles that I just got back to Colorado with from Indiana. But yeah, pretty much just driving in circles. Oh yeah. It's been a, it's an odd part of the it's an odd part of the year for my business. So this time of year, everything either gets really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. And most people side on the error of it's going to get bad. So a lot of guys actually just shut down for the last week or two of the year, which leaves people like me out there to scrape up what's left. Yeah. Which sometimes I feel stupid and I wish I could shut down for the last two weeks. But the flip side of that is the competition is half. So the rates on some of the 
Like I do a lot of spot work, which is just freight freight that gets posted on the internet that people need hauled. And those rates have pretty much doubled this week. Like I'm hauling a load. The load I just hauled here is paying probably twice what it would pay two weeks ago. Oh, just so be, just because there's no competition. It's a good season to like actually get out there and make that extra couple bucks <laughs> since it's not flooded at the for the two it, week span. It, it's kind of like a gamble. I was telling my wife because we contemplated maybe shutting down for the last week of the year. And I said, I feel like there's gonna, there is going to be a lot less freight moving this time of year, but what is there is going to be paying really good. Yeah. And so far this week, it's worked out pretty good. And I know you referred somebody to us who put my other truck, uh, we were going to get just another random load, but he needed his stuff pretty quick. So we were able just to go straight over to go get his, uh, manure spreader for him. Hell yeah. I think he's picking that up in, uh, Minnesota and he's got to bring it down here to Roggen. Hell yeah. Yeah, I just get random texts asking for your number. So I was like, oh, yeah, here you go. Yeah, it worked out great. And then uh, the one of the guys actually went and picked up a uh, a header for a combine. And apparently they... I saw that picture online. That was a pretty cool picture. He laughed. Elevators. So I delivered it. And he was like, dude, you're going to laugh. We don't even tie him down this good to stick him in the Connex when we ship him to Russia. And I was <laughs> like, they're going to Russia, huh? He goes, yeah. And... Uh, Anyway, so then he called me instead of dealing with brokers again. He called us direct, and he's got another piece of equipment, I think, up in North Dakota. Oh, that fuck I that need, place. Yeah. It's cold as shit right now. I think I'm about to go grab that next week. Yeah, or maybe it's South Dakota. It might have actually been South Dakota. One of the Dakotas. Yeah. But either way, it's cold as shit. I think where uh, our other driver is tonight supposed to be like negative nine. Oh, yeah. And then even the high for the day is like two degrees. I know we're supposed to tomorrow or the next day we're supposed to get real fucking cold. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I, I put straw bales around my place before I came over here. Yeah, good idea. A lot of people, uh, I see a lot of people not do that. And I'm like, you're going to regret this real fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have those those air skirts that go up, but they only take care of the actual frame. So it doesn't, there's, also, there's little air gaps all over the place. Yeah. And I put some one inch uh foam board and s- spots to f- you know fix you know fill the crevices but with the weather that's supposed to be like negative 20 almost i was like oh i'm going to take some more precaution and put some wind blocks up on those newer campers do they even do they have like is everything on the bottom fully heated yeah it, so the the heaters run through the floorboards so when the heater kicks on everything it heats the floor and all that stuff up and the one we have is a little bit nicer so the water system and everything is all like right there with a nice brass fitting it's not all plastic and yeah if one thing breaks you can shut it off in individual valves but we also have a thermostat controlled like space heater down there oh, just there set go. just that way especially with the weather just because i'd hate for something to fail or like the propane goes out and then something happens yeah i mean i have we have heated hoses and all that shit, so... And then, in case people don't know, I live in a fifth-wheel trailer. <laughs> yeah. Pretty fancy one. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's a lot cheaper than living in... A, renting in Colorado. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, owning a house in Colorado right now is cheaper than renting one. Yeah. I mean, I just refinanced mine for quite a bit more than I paid for it, and my mortgage went up a lot, but it's still less than people pay for a one-bedroom apartment. Oh, Yeah. I learned what like rent was for like a studio apartment in, in like Denver, and I was blown away. Yeah, the guy like, who- my rent like my monthly payment for my trailer 
is way significantly less than a studio apartment yeah. in Denver. And you actually get to own it one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the guy who works for me. He uh, he lives with his sister, and they got like a two-bedroom apartment in Thornton. And uh, their rent on like the third floor, and it's like it's not a bad area, but it's not like the top notch of apartment complexes either. And their uh, their rent is, I still think it's two hundred dollars more than my mortgage. Holy shit! Yeah, so it's it's pricey to rent here. It's it's a good decision to figure out an, another way. I don't know. Some yeah. people prefer renting. I never did. Yeah, I mean, renting like if you're if you're not if you don't want to like tie yourself down to one spot renting is a good way but if you don't want to tie yourself down even further go buy go buy a camper yeah <laughs> then you can go fucking anywhere no i would and i i think a lot of people don't realize how nice th- these campers are these days i mean oh, yeah. I, I have a toy hauler too and if you compared yours and mine side by side mine looks like a pile of shit cardboard box and mine's not even that bad yeah the one i had before was fairly nice and that was just a travel trailer it was just me in it yeah so it was it was nice but then the, we upgraded to the one we have now and holy fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we we considered it a few years ago and we went and looked at some some that were, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars and you know, they had electric fireplaces, washer dryer, mm-hmm. r- real tile floors, oh, all yeah. kinds of fancy shit. So they definitely get up there. I think they're manufacturers these days where I, the, those axles I picked up are actually direct from the factory and up there in Indiana, that's actually where they make most of those. Mm-hmm especially the town in Goshen, Indiana. So I, like you can you can just see the lots where all these campers are built and how like the cheapest looking campers are probably nicer than most, you know, trailers you could go live in these days. <laughs> like the cheapest of cheap, you know, bumper pull campers are still you know, they got glass windows all the way around. Oh yeah. They got, I seen some with little decks, little patios on the front. Oh, those ones. Yeah. Those ones are hella nice. Oh yeah. You can, you can kill an entire day at RV dealerships. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I killed a whole day looking at cheap ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about people trying to learn. We started this thing where since I get to sit on my ass and think all day, I got this notepad going on the iPhone. That I have not contributed to. <laughs> I think I contribute enough for a few people at least. I could probably start selling my ideas to other podcast people, to be honest. <laughs> but we had one. I had a note in here that said, learn from scratch, not from the success you are now. You can't learn a lot from your current success. You got to learn and teach from the suck. Yeah. And you said that actually hit something because you had been talking to somebody about that today. Yeah. I mean, it it also relates on just um, like our what we both currently do. Like you as a business owner, I mean, you didn't have the perfect solution on how to do it. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> and then me starting my brand Rocket, I had no fucking idea about shirts and how to market internet sales. Yeah, pretty much the definition of scratch. Yeah. And then uh, I was talking with a gentleman at work today. That, so nerd alert in case anyone has not heard i'm somewhat nerdy and this is where it comes into play because i haven't told you because i want to tell you on this yeah, but we're you talking had, you had to build me up <laughs> <laughs> we're we were talking about like buying and then like reselling like for trading cards and not like baseball and football and shit like that more like the pokemon cards and like Yu-Gi-Oh and magic cards which i don't know shit about magic cards but pokemon is super popular obviously everyone knows about that shit yeah 
especially i mean our generation that's when it first came yeah, out yeah <laughs> yeah we grew up with it i mean i don't know anything about it anymore because it's just continued throughout the years but just the conversations of just how like you can start and then like the basics of it i'm like well that sounds like a lot of fun and i think i'm going to try because i started looking on you know you can buy i found a thing where you can buy 17 pounds just a box. It, they weighed it at 17 pounds. <laughs> it's owned by the pound now. By a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And they es- they estimated 4,200 cards in this box. So it's like going and getting a kilo from your dealer, huh? Yeah. I was <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm working my way up to Gary V status. And I'm going to buy all these fucking cards and then resell everything. <laughs> yeah. That's always been a selling, like even outside of the cards thing. That's been a lot of people do that with a lot of different things. You you buy in bulk and then you start separating it's uh what i would relate that to is a lot of guys i know and i've done it here and there is like parting out cars you go buy a oh, car yeah. a piece of shit car for 300 bucks and then you take all the parts off and then you sell a door for 50 bucks a, mm-hmm. a dash for 100 bucks some suspension parts next thing you know you made seven eight nine maybe even a thousand dollars and you only had an initial three hundred dollar in investment yeah and then you have all this scrap metal you go take in and scrap it off for another hundred or so whatever yeah. metal prices yep. are done that a few times yeah that's uh that's definitely interesting i've been noticing a lot of chatter about it it's yeah. obviously not my cup of tea but it seems to be popping up a lot lately the whole i don't know i see a lot of the like uh like just scrolling through Instagram or Facebook on the videos. And I, I keep running across these videos that are like, if you find this card, it's worth $80. And yeah. this card's worth a hundred and this one's worth a thousand, all this crazy stuff. And it seems to be real popular. Yeah. I, I mean, I know absolutely nothing about it. Like I know like what cards like I like just from being a child. And when I grew up with it, the shiny ones, yeah, the shiny <laughs> shit. But you know, as you know, just as the, I guess the the series goes on; it keeps growing and adding more to it. So, I have no idea what shit is worth and all these different things do. But, I mean, when you think about like the Pokemon stuff, apparently Charizard you can buy. There's a card for over a million dollars. I was like, well, I don't know how you get that little piece of paper that's worth a million dollars, but you can get a fucking dragon that breathes fire for a million bucks i'm gonna find one it's like bitcoin it's worth whatever people want to pay for it yeah i mean i i I figured as it would be a fun hobby to add on to all the other shit i do but is it necessary but at the same time i mean i i spend 102 dollars to see what it how well it goes and if i like it i'll do it a little bit more if i don't like it then I i lost 200 bucks yeah i think a lot of people uh they want to do something and even something that doesn't require a large initial investment, but they don't see the, the success, how it's going to succeed right away. Yeah. So they, they don't do it. I mean, that was the epitome of how I started my business. It was like, I have three quarters of what I need already. The only thing I don't have is a trailer, which is a few thousand dollars. It's kind of the key component of what you I mean, need. it is, but it was also like, I'll go buy this trailer and I'll either make a business of it or I'll have a trailer. And yeah. I'm always borrowing trailers from other people. So worst case scenario, I just have to stop borrowing trailers and now I have a trailer. <laughs> I, I see a lot of people do that. Like, people, oh, I want to start doing this. I want to start doing that. But they're, they're all set back because they're like, well, if it don't work out, it's like, well, 
what so what if it don't work out yeah it either is or it isn't now obviously it's different if you're like i'm gonna be a house flipper let me go buy a house for half a million dollars and try to sell it for a million that's a big different story but i'm just saying i see guys that are like i want to start a little excavation company and i have a skidster at my house uh but i'll have to pull an llc and i'll have to do this stuff and i don't know if it's going to work it's like everything that you don't have is going to cost you a thousand dollars to even get to the point where you can try it, it costs how, 50 how, bucks to get an llc well i'm saying you need some insurance stuff like that but even if it's a thousand dollars to get everything else like say you have a truck you have your skills to operate mm-hmm. and you, you might have a piece of equipment that's been sitting around that you just use for how or you know not household ship we're talking a skitzer you use it on your farm or you use it on your property yeah. for whatever or you only use it in the winter to clear snow What's stopping you? Oh, this $1,000 investment. Well, how much do you waste every month on beer or cigarettes or cool wheels for your truck? And All the streaming platforms that there are. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's been bugging me lately. <laughs> Don't start me on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to get – I'm a Yellowstone fan, so I pre-ordered Yellowstone this season. Then I had to get Paramount Plus so I could watch the pre-prequel. And now I'm going to have to watch the new prequel coming out. And I also pay for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to just use my mother-in-law's login for Hulu, but that kept getting like complicated because nobody can remember their passwords. And out of frustration, I said, I'll just pay for my own. <laughs> so now I'm paying for that. And I was telling my wife, I was like, at what point do all these streaming platforms cost as much as just paying the old cable bill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I lived in Keensburg, we had, you know, DirecTV and it was internet package, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. And then prices just kept going up and up and up. We're like, well, we'll just cut the cord. Yeah. Save money. We'll just go get streaming platforms. And, you know, at the, at the time it was, it saved a little bit of money. Yeah. But now, you know, five or six years later, there's a streaming platform for fucking everything. Yeah, you got yeah, I know people that got them all, you know. They oh, have, my God. I don't even a, know why I, I have Netflix, I got Netflix. I got Hulu. I got Disney. I got Peacock. I got fight pass i got nfl app thing yeah. i got all these things and it's like how much are you spending like a hundred dollars a month isn't that the much is just paying for the cable in the first place yeah it's ridiculous because and then they take shit off and I'll, this is why you don't want to get me started on it because like <laughs> i said i'm a fucking nerd i when stacy was gone because she left for london or england before i did yeah so i had the house to myself i get to watch all the anime i want to watch and i started a new show Three days later, it's gone. Like, well, what the fuck just happened? Was it Netflix? <laughs> no, it was fucking HBO Max. Oh, Netflix says it all the time. I'll find some TV series. I'm like, this looks interesting. And I start getting all into it. And then it's, where'd it go? Like, oh, it's been removed. It's not in a contract anymore. I wasn't done yet. Yeah, exactly. And then, then it moves to someone else. And you're like, well, I've got to go buy this now. Like, I only bought Paramount Plus so I could go watch Halo. Yeah. And I don't even use it anymore. So I'm gonna. I need. To, I need to cancel it and wait for Halo to come back out. No, just watch Yellowstone <laughs> and 1888. Actually, you can't. Yellowstone. They messed up. They made Yellowstone and sold the streaming rights to Peacock before Paramount came out with their own streaming app. Oh no! So they they own and produce Yellowstone, but they can't stream it because Peacock has all the streaming rights to it. <laughs> so the only way you can get it is to either buy the whole season, like I do through xbox or a couple other i think you can get it on amazon too oh, okay but they can't stream their own tv show on their own That's app because they didn't <laughs> yeah but they were smart when the the pre-prequel 1888 came out they're like nope 
only on our streaming yeah, app. Yeah, we, we learned you real quick. Even, you can't watch it anywhere else but our streaming app. Yeah. I was like, oh, so now I got to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm in the, I'm not too bad. I think we have Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus. I think that's the only three I pay for. Yeah. I, I don't think I pay for Disney. If I do, I'm canceling it. I had it in I my phone Disney. plan and I watched like a couple shows, but I don't. I, we have Disney. it, but I think we use someone else's login because he bought it. I think my brother in law got it. So my kid, my brother in law is a super nerd. He probably got it for himself, but he says, oh, yeah. totally he, says he got it for our kids so they could watch stuff too. <laughs> um, but no, so I think we use his login, but I'm pretty anti-Disney at the moment, so I wouldn't knowingly pay for it unless yeah. unless I am and don't know it, in which case I might have to go check my credit card statements. <laughs> We're going to pause while Albert gets on his <laughs> mobile banking. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's that's always a cluster too. I paid for, you know, like with news, I started paying for a, a news app and I I did it one year because they released movies too, and they bought mm-hmm. some movies that they wouldn't put in theaters because they were too controversial or they weren't woke enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I initially paid for it so I could see this one movie, and I was happy about it. Then I hyped up a couple of other movies that were just horrible movies. Because they had success on the first one. Yeah. Well, and they just, I feel they kind of falsely advertised. Like they did one. I mean, so it's the Daily Wire. It's a right-wing news outlet. Mm-hmm. And I, I initially liked them because I listened to some of the podcasts that they're, they're, they put out. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like most of their hosts because their hosts are clear and concise. Like, I have a right-wing opinion. They're not like... I don't know. I'm a slow listener, and Ben talks really fast. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but what I like about him is you know what you're getting. You're not going to go to him and try to figure out what being woke is about. Yeah. You're going to go to him and hear all the arguments about why being woke is stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started really hating about like CNN and even Fox and all these other places. Like, we're unbiased. Fuck you. <laughs> like, if I'm going to listen to some biased shit, at least tell me your bias. Mm-hmm. So Daily Wire, they, they always say, here's my bias. So you know what perspective you're getting. So I had no problem paying for it for a while, but now I started noticing like their news section is just, there's too many contributors. They're turning into another mainstream platform. They're like, gaining that, that traction to build up. They're, built, they're doing the same bad habits. They're just buying articles from other you know, freelance news people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm paying for you here, but this person's posting it on these other websites that you don't have to pay for. Why, yeah. why am I paying to read it here? Or they're, they're also paying for bad news. Like, I was reading one, and it was the whole Kanye West controversy. But I got irritated with it just because it was like, they quoted half of what he said and then wrote a whole article about it. And then I went and listened to what the whole conversation he had. And I was like, you did exactly what CNN does. You took a snippet, made it look way worse than it really they, was. They andrew-tated ye- we- Kanye? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> what, I mean, I don't know much about the Andrew Tate thing. I know you told me about it a while ago, so I know what you're referring to. But yeah, that's what they did. They just took half a quote, wrote a whole article about it. But then when you go listen to this whole conversation, you're like, it's not as bad as you said when you actually hear the whole yeah. sentence of what he said, not the first six words. Yeah, it's so very easy to take somebody I, out of context. I wrote him and I said, I want to cancel for a few reasons and I want my money back because you just re- it was like an automatic subscription and the price doubled. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem was the fact that they changed like their system or something and I couldn't log in. So I thought I didn't renew already. I was like, oh, so just don't worry about it. Yeah. I thought I had to manually renew. 
And then I seen the credit card charge for it. So I emailed them. I was like, I can't even log in to cancel this. Like, oh, well, we changed this and that. So you're going to have to create a new login, but just use your same stuff and it'll automatically link to your original account. Just make sure you use the same exact email. Yeah. And I'm like, so I couldn't even cancel because I couldn't log in. And then on top of that, I have these other issues that I think you should know about. I think, like I said, you're, you're pulling CNN moves and it's like, if I want to hear half written articles and ridiculous biases, I'll just do it for free. You know? Yeah. I'm not gonna I'll pay, just go listen. I'm not going to pay 175 bucks a year. The only thing else you had going was the fact that you released a couple of good movies. You said you were, and you released one, your other two fucking sucked. Yeah. And they were horrible. And my little rant about them is for all you people on the daily wire who like the Gina Serrano movie, you know, Oh she yeah. Is. She's the one that came, that got cut from the Mandalorian yeah. or whatever. I completely like, I didn't like the Mandalorian. I watched a few episodes. It was yeah. so slow and boring. I kept falling asleep. Never I watched it. Yeah. Haley said it was decent. A lot of people liked it and she was a decent actress in that TV show, but she got cut. So daily wire, just like, we're going to make a movie. We don't even know yet, but we're picked up. We're uncanceling you, which I supported like, yeah, uncancel people. Like when they were trying to cancel Dave Chappelle, Ben Shapiro told Dave Chappelle he's more than welcome to come to Daily Wire and put up anything he wants there. Yeah. Which is, like, it, it gives you a little bit of hope because Dave Chappelle dunks on some Jews pretty hard sometimes. <laughs> and Ben Shapiro is clearly very Jew. Yeah. And Ben Shapiro had this opinion where he's like, I don't like everything you say, but you're funny and you're doing it out of a joke. Yeah. So You're not saying things just out Just because I don't laugh at every joke that you make doesn't mean I think you should be canceled. Yeah. So those are the type of things Daily Wire did that I appreciated. So anyway, they made this Western movie. They hyped it for like a year. And it also had Cowboy Cerrone, the UFC fighter, in it. He's supposed to be great. Honestly, he has a great look for an old Western actor, but he's a shit actor. Maybe it was because of his first movie. But my whole point is you made it – you advertised it like it was a movie that if it was woke and you got to put it in theaters, it would be a billion-dollar movie. And it was – low budget crap it looked like some shit i would do on my iphone and there was a lot of there was one good actor the villain guy can't remember his name i know he's kind of famous he was the best actor if it wasn't for him that movie would have fucking got three views Hmm. gina wasn't good in it her acting sucked cowboys acting sucked the action scenes were horrible like it just it looked like a high school made movie interesting so i was like that was a flop and if this is if you guys it really just looked like you, <laughs> you know what, how you know that movie flopped? <laughs> She's barricaded in this house for like half the movie from the bad guys. All this shit's going on. Well, you got a lot of cinema problems. For one, they shoot like 89 shots out of a six shot revolver without ever reloading. I do. I count that all the time. It's like watching fucking Fast and the Furious. Like you shifted 12 times in a six speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel, how many gears does that car have? Have you ever seen those memes where it's like 27? Yeah. (laughs) You don't need gears when it's family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it was stuff like that. But this whole time, the biggest problem I had, and it it was one of the biggest parts that ruined the movie for me. She's barricaded in this house, and the door opens outwards. And all she she stacks all this furniture on the inside and the front, and the bad guys are just trying to beat the door in the whole time. It was a pull open. It was a pull open door. <laughs> and you see them when she goes in and out. The time she does go in and out of the house, it opens outwards. It's like, I'm a dumb fucking truck driver and I caught that the f- first second it happened. Yeah. How many people does it funny. take to like, maybe we should change this one, these scenes where they pull the door open 
and flip this door around. Just change the hinges on the door. Yes. So, like, this whole movie makes sense. But this whole movie, she's barricaded in this house trying to protect her kids, and they could just pull the door open and be done with it. That's funny. It just, it was like, that was such a bad mistake. It was like, really? Like, you hyped this movie for a year. You supposedly put millions of dollars into it. It looks like you let my five-year-old edit this movie at the end and just put it up. <laughs> like, it was horrible. That sucks. It was so bad. But... No, anyway, back to our main thing about learning from scratch. <laughs> back on track. Daily Wire, you should probably learn from scratch that you don't make movies well. Yeah, or you made your, the first movie was great. Daily Wire, stop trying to be like you were supposed to be different, and now you're turning into the yep. same thing as all the other guys, so I don't know. Sucks to suck, I guess. Yeah. You, you lost me. Maybe when you come out with your, I was anticipating because of the whole controversies with Disney. Supposedly, they're pouring $100 million into making non-agenda, non-bullshit, just good old-fashioned kid cartoons for kids. Yeah. Like, teach you respect and shit, not teach you how to cut your dick off type of stuff. <laughs> and, like, just good good typical shit like we used to watch when we were kids. Yeah, some fucking Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, some Berenstein Bears, like, yeah. shit like that. So I was hanging on for that. But after this thing with them charging me and then... All the shit, I was just like, I'm out. Maybe when you actually do release the kids' stuff, I'll check it out, and if it's worth it, I might pay for your guys' stuff again, but I'm not having much hope at this point. It's probably going to be the worst cartoons we've ever watched. It'll probably be worse than the first season of The Simpsons. That's why I just watch reruns from the old shit that I grew up with. That's what my kids watched, dude. I came in one time from work back when I was still on the pipeline, and my kid is watching this cartoon, and it's like these little animated bears and animals protesting this drilling rig in Alaska. Fuck, it straight up went over there and turned that shit off. Don't it you was, ever watch that shit in this house again. <laughs> I was like, why is a little kid cartoon protesting an oil field site? Like, they're five. They you know where I just came from. They don't know. Well, Haley didn't, wasn't, she's cooking dinner. It was yeah. something my kids started. But I was like, why is this on there? Like, you don't need to be agendaing or fucking. He was actually probably three or four at the time. Like, yeah. They don't need, they need to know how to like listen to their parents and do their homework and clean up their room and be nice. They yeah. don't need to have a bunch of climate controversy shit that they're not even understand, old enough to understand both sides of the argument yet. So, but that makes sense. Yeah. Back to learning for yeah. real this time. Back to starting from scratch and embracing the suck. Embracing the suck's a big one. Most people, like a, a big problem I see in the world is uh, we talk about it with a podcast we both listen to for a long time that's kind of fizzled out for us, is a lot of guys go around and they do these big speeches and masterminds and podcasts and videos, and everybody takes what they're saying to heart, but all these guys are just talking about how successful they are now. They're not talking in depth about what they went through to get there. They'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, I used to drive a Honda Civic and now I'm a millionaire and this is how you do a six-figure buyout with a company. Like, Tell us how you got from the Honda Civic to the millionaire. Yeah, there's a very big gap that you just skipped through that we need to know about well, or we and, need to learn from. And who's listening to that? People like us who are in the gap. Like they're just like, how would you say? They're like, it's like a bodybuilder telling you how to bench press 600 pounds. Yeah, the form you need to get this up, but yet I can barely get up to 25. Tell me how I go from 100 to 150, or tell me how I go from five reps to 10. Yeah. Don't tell me how to 
spray paint myself brown and be on a stage <laughs> and flex all my badass you muscles. You just need to be, oh no, Ronnie Coleman and scream lightweight baby. Yeah, they're like, this is how you go from Ronnie Coleman, or Ronnie Coleman's a great example. Everyone talks about Ronnie Coleman in his prime and Ronnie Coleman now and how fucked up he is. Yeah. How do you get from little kid Ronnie Coleman to where he is? There's not mm-hmm. a lot on that. I've actually been working on, like, on, on my iPad right in front of me. I've been working on, like, my own, like, little, like, speech, motivation speech for, for Rocket. And there's parts in there where, you know, everyone wants this instant success, but they don't know that how much time Arnold Schwarzenegger stayed in the gym and everything he did. I mean, fucking Tiger Woods didn't shoot par on his very first time golf, no. you know, his very first round. Fucking look when he at, was like, two. Yeah. Look <laughs> at Steve Jobs, the dude that made fucking Apple in a garage. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Everybody talks about Apple, for example. Yeah. Oh, they came from a garage to being richer than most countries. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that window from garage to getting your Apple computers into stores. Mm-hmm. Like we understand you went from the Mac 3 to the whatever that we're on now to all these cool laptops and phones and everything we use. We all know this story. Yeah. But there's not a, everything on this table is Apple. Yeah. I'm I might have a little brand loyalty stuff going on. Me too. I have Apple laptop, two Apple desktops, iPhones, tablets. It's all Apple. Apple, we need equipment. Yeah. <laughs> For real. I did uh, I did step out of bounds on my wife's Christmas gift. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this before Christmas. Oh, fuck. It's supposed to come out tomorrow, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Don't tell her. Don't d- tell it, her not it, to listen. If this one comes late, guys, don't be mad. I still got to edit it. But <laughs> no... The uh, it's what I I have to remind myself too because you know like I've talked before I have a lot of time to consume a lot of different shit podcasts books videos all this stuff like I recently found out I recently got in this habit of playing YouTube on my truck while I'm driving and just listening to videos mm-hmm. and I have to remind myself like you'll be listening to all these success stories about how to make your company go from making a quarter million dollars a year to a million to six million to a hundred million or, you know, even in my industry, guys talk about how you go from five trucks to 20 trucks. Yeah. And I, and I'm all hyped and I'm pumped and I'm trying to suck all this information in. And then I got to reality check myself and say, you're not even at five trucks yet, dude. Yeah. Why are you so focused on five to 20 when you're at two? Yeah. You need to get from two to five. And the problem is there's not a lot of guys telling that story of zero to there's guys it's like they tell you the story of zero trucks to one truck, and then they tell you five to 20 trucks. Well, how'd you get from one to five? Mm-hmm. How'd you get from 10 employees to 20? How'd you get from zero employees to 10? And that's the big thing I see a lot of us do is we listen to all this stuff where people are like, here's my success, here's how you can replicate it, this, that, and the other. But we're not even at their the their starting point that they're talking about yet. Yeah, and nobody's actually even talking about those low starting points. Um, Gary V's he's kind of guilty of that too. He talk like he talks a lot about his life story, but his biggest. Granted, I'm not the biggest Gary V consumer, but the things I see are him going from five to ten, ten to twenty, twenty to a hundred. There's a lot less of his content is about zero to five. Well, let's see. I don't really. So, I mean, I listened to him a little, you know, enough to know like, a little bit. So he started off, um, 
he helped his dad grow his liquor company to that you yeah. know on the online stuff and then gave it to his dad he took no money from it and then he was in the like the flipping business you know trading cards garage sales and things like that but um i mean when you when you put it like that yeah you don't really hear on how he then started vayner media and all that stuff so you just kind of like know that he was in the flipping business and resale business and things like that yeah, to now a multi-million billion whatever company he is now with all these different yeah, assets or what I see what I I guess what I'm saying is what I see a lot of is a lot of guys that we're trying to get information from and advice from you get an outline of the very beginning but then you get an essay on the middle to the end but I think there needs to be more essays on the beginning yeah it's like uh Mike Tyson's a better example of what needs to happen. Every Mike Tyson has talked in depth about his very, very young childhood, his first boxing matches, his heavyweight run, and everything he's doing after boxing. A lot of guys, they just go, oh, I was a poor kid. I grew up hard, and then I got into training, and then I won my first title at 25, and then I went on to fight these other 10 guys. Mm-hmm. What? A, okay, go back. And give me in detail from I started training to I won my first title. Like, what happened there? And that's what a lot of people seem to skip. Well, me, I mean, me at, included. The, at the same time, it could just be like a lot of fucking training. But what, what's that training? How's that training? What, what little part of that training made the big differences? Like, they don't go into detail about that. Okay. I'm guilty of it. It's like I tell people all the time, oh, I started with my old truck and a little trailer. And then I went and bought another truck and then I went and bought another truck. I don't go into depth about this is how I secured financing on the first truck. This was the financing process on the second truck. And where could you... Um, this is how this is how financing on commercial equipment works. This is the difference between buying stuff under a company name rather than buying as your personal name. This is what it means when I'm a guarantor but not the lien holder. Yeah, and then what? how did you know that you know buying your second set of equipment was justifiable? Or how did I... How did I even learn the knowledge of knowing how to buy? Yeah. Like, I should talk about how I learned how to buy something under my company rather than my personal name. Where instead, I just say, you have to buy it under your personal name, and then you buy, or you buy it under your company name, not your personal name. I don't talk about what it took for me to learn that. Like, what did I learn in that process that made me do it different than a lot of other guys? Yeah. It's like, it's the same, we, we all do it, just on different scales. And one thing I hope over time that happens with this podcast is people do, because I, I know we both talked about being in this for the long run, so hopefully people will get a good look at the whole picture, not just, we didn't, we didn't start this podcast when we were already rich. Yeah. We're not like, oh man, remember when you had that little clothing company and lived in a fifth wheel? I'm still making t-shirts in the back of my trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I don't want to, people hopefully won't get, have to gloss over that like other guys do. Like the podcast, the business podcast we both listen to, mm-hmm. like they're guilty of it hard. They're like, we started out on credit cards until we had enough money because banks wouldn't give us money and then we had our own money. Yeah, but they were also salesmen to start with making three figures or, to start with. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is they didn't tell you, okay, you were running your business off of credit cards and then you had to save your own money. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. They just say that. How'd you make that change? Yeah, like what did it exactly take? Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people don't do that. And I'm, I'm doing that, but I don't want to speak on it because I'm still in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm barely moving past the running my business on credit cards face. And other people are much further past me or they're at the beginning, but they also might start from a beginning spot. Some people started doing what I do with cash in hand. You know, they somehow had 50, 60 grand, so they never even had to fuck with running their business off credit cards. Mm -hmm. I didn't have rich family to support me or friends or investors, or I didn't cash out my 401k. I, I didn't have a chunk of cash. I literally started the most expensive way possible, which was my main investors were Capital One and City Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Wells Fargo credit. (laughs) That's how it started. And hopefully one day I'll I'll remember to speak on that whole process. Yeah. Of When you have an entire fleet of trucks and you're like, people are like, how'd you get here? I started on credit cards. Yep. And the credit cards, you have to do this with credit cards, but not this. And this will Mm -hmm. push you to this direction and yada, yada, yada but I'm still in the yada, yada, yada part. Yeah. I mean, I mean, still being in the yada, yada, yada in the middle, I mean, you, you still have enough like experience to tell like the people that are starting out, you know, be like, this is what I did. I don't fully recommend it, but I mean, obviously you can try it if you want. It, it didn't work for me and things like that. I mean, even when I started the shirts, I asked around a lot until I figured it out. And, and a lot of it's still trial and error because you have to find out what works for said individual. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it goes with everything. It's, it's all over the place. Look at dieting. People oh, are God. like, I was 400 pounds and I lost 250 pounds by eating healthy. Mm-hmm. What, what were you eating? Yeah. How did you do that? How much time does it take? And how, how much what bad were you already e- consuming to replace the good yeah. or and, balance, you know? And I think the reason why this is so important to me is people don't... They, when they're speaking from middle ground to high ground, they don't realize we all start from different spots. So like, like the business podcast, they might be telling you how to go from a six figure company to a eight figure company, to a 10 figure company, to whatever they plan on being. And they just talk about little, they highlight, they do a highlight reel of the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. How do I know if what their middle ground advice is accurate if I don't know if we started in the same spots? Yeah. How do I know your middle ground advice is going to work for me? How do you know what you're preaching is going to work for me if you don't know my starting point? Yeah. And that's why it drives me nuts. I just see it a lot. Like I see, I see a lot of people in my industry talking about how to grow, grow a trucking company, grow this, do that. But you're like, okay, but did you start the same way I did? Because if you didn't, how, how is your advice, how is all of your advice still applicable to me? Mm-hmm. Some of it might still be, sure. But if you're not still working on paying down a massive amount of credit card debt, how do you save up to buy a truck cash? That makes sense, yeah. How do you grow your company? How do you grow, like maybe, maybe you started, maybe somebody had a house and could refinance their house and start off with a low interest, basically loan from themselves, of 50, 60 grand. So they're not going and paying 21% interest because Albert had to go use Wells Fargo credit cards. How does your timeline still work? If we're both in the same industry, we're both doing with the same profit margins. Obviously your advice can't work for me until we're at the same point. Yeah. 
because it's going to take me longer because I'm paying three times the interest you were paying. That's my fault, sure. I'm not saying that's their vice isn't usable to me. It's just it's, 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 it'll take you a little bit longer. Yeah, and then the thing I see is I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, so and so said you need to do this in business." You know, so and so said you should do this in business. Well, what about the beginning of that? Mm-hmm. Like I've said it a hundred times now, the the beginning is, to me is the most important part, and it's the least detailed part. They talk about it, but it's not as detailed as the successful part of the story. People don't want to talk about the suck. They don't want to. They don't want to talk about how specifically how you what you how and what you had to do to pay off $45,000 worth of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. They just want to talk about you pay off your credit card debt and then you do this. And now all of a sudden you're a millionaire. Exactly. Well, how'd you pay off that credit card debt? I mean, I can tell you how I'm doing it, but no one else is. Yeah. So that, that big snowball and what, I, where, what I'm guilty of is it just... I'm trying to take advice from all these people and then later I realize it's not working for me and why? And then I realize it's because we didn't start at the same starting line, not even close. Mm-hmm. I was way in the over and left field while they were way over in right field. So now I got to like check myself on what, I, what advice I'm trying to use in my life because it's not all coming from the same place. Yeah. And especially the big guys. Like the big guys are always talking about Here's how you go from B to C and D to E and E to F, but they're barely talking about A to B. Like I want to get into real estate. There's plenty of information on how you, once you have a a real estate portfolio, you can leverage it and do this and this and that. It's like, okay, but how do I even get my first one? Yeah. How do I get the portfolio? Oh, you have to go get a loan. How do I get the loan? Who do I talk to? What do I ask for? There's... 10% 10% of the information actually covers that, f- that first bit. Okay. The other 80% is all about, you know, once you have a hundred, you put a hundred grand down on a, on a half a million dollar house that's getting short sold, blah, blah, blah. How do I get that hundred grand? Oh, you got that from your other real estate. How did you get the first real estate? Like, you know what I mean? Fuck. That sounds confusing. It is. <laughs> it, it's all confusing. And that's, it shouldn't be honestly, it really shouldn't be. And that's, it's just like, all I'm saying is people, they want to tell their story and they want to go from, you know, B to C, D to E, all that. But they're not talking about the learning from scratch, the learning from suck. Mm-hmm. And then that just turns into other people trying to learn from the middle. They're not learning from scratch. They're not doing what you or I did. You know, you have to, if you, if you don't learn from scratch, you're going to miss something somewhere. Yeah. And it's going to cause problems later. Yeah, because, I mean, you can have a great great start and, you know, everything just magically work perfectly for you. And then all of a sudden you hit this roadblock that you weren't prepared for when three steps ago was when you should have taken action for it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just a big problem. It's, yeah. it's a huge problem, and I just I see it a lot, and I'm like, why, why is why is everybody glossing over the fact, especially podcasts and guys doing videos and books? They're just like, here, here, here we are, we're millionaires, and this is how we're moving into being a billion dollar company. 
how'd you get to be a hundred thousand dollar company? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was cheap and I drove a Honda Civic. Okay, and what else? I ate ramen noodles. I can drive cheap cars. It's not going to make my truck make or my trucks make more profit. Yeah, just because I drive a Honda Civic. Like, what happened there? <laughs> you, you you just see it all the time, and I'm and I'm in that in that learning. I'm in that scratch suck phase, and there's not there's just not a lot of information there. It's just you got to get through it. Okay, but how? You're 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 in. The, it sounds like you're like in the trial and error. I'm slightly past trial and error. Okay. But I'm also not. I'm definitely still in trial and error. I shouldn't say I'm past that. Like I'm past startup, but mm-hmm. I'm not to steady. I'm in that whatever you want to call that period. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people that are out seeking this media and this help and this advice. You're almost in like the consistent area where it's very. The suck is consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like you have what you're currently like. You have like just say stage two down. Like stage one would be startup and all that stuff. Like stage two is like you're staying afloat. You're staying in business. But stage three would be say you know going to the next figure dollar amount or yeah, whatever yeah. the next unit you want to purchase and you're yep. trying to get there but you don't know how to get through this stage you're at now. Yep. And then everybody just wants to talk about that next stage that I haven't reached yet. Yeah. And I don't think it's as simple. Like some of the best advice I heard is you just got to stay in business. Yeah. It'll come. It's just going to take time. Patience. But there's got to be more to it than just that. Like there's got to be more than just staying in business. Now, now you've told me some good advice about the instant success. No, (laughs) that's a huge part of it. I'm not saying there's no help. Yeah. There's just not enough. Like, the biggest thing that led this whole conversation was just that podcast we both listened to. You know, I'll say it out loud. It's the Real Business Owners Podcast. And I recommend a lot of people listen to it. But my biggest recommendation lately has been like, go listen to their first episodes because that's when they were really helpful. Because if you listen to it now, basically their advice is uh, spend the millions of dollars you have in savings, but they don't they glossed over how they got to the point of being able to save a million dollars Okay, and go to the gym 17 times a day and do 75 hard 58 times a year. Like I've, (laughs) I've, I've made this gripe to you before because it's like I've struggled in business. And like I was telling you, what drives me nuts is you go seek, you go seek it out. Like who's been through this? What have you done? Mm-hmm. And I see, I refer to them a lot. And it's like, when you're struggling, you, you need to make yourself better and that'll fix your business. And that's true. To, uh, yeah, to, to only a certain degree. Exactly. To a degree. That's the word I was trying to think of. It's true to a degree. Because like I told you one time when we were at the gym, I don't know who's fixing my truck that has a broken part right now while I'm sitting here bench pressing 50 pounds. <laughs> I am a weak little bitch. So, but that was my problem. No one's telling me how you deal with the fixing the truck and not having the money to fix the truck or whatever. Yeah. Th- their advice is go improve yourself. Well, I can do that. That's not going to put injectors in my truck. Mm-hmm. That's not going to put money in my bank account to pay someone else to put injectors in my truck. That's the other thing that drives me nuts is they're like, Take shit off your plate. Most business owners have too much shit on their plate. 100% true. How do I get to the point where I can pay someone else to work on my yeah. trucks if I don't have the money to do it? How do, how do I get to that point? They just skip like you need to 
pay someone else to do it. Yeah, they're 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 stating the the, the obvious, but you don't you don't know how to get there. Yeah, they're like you know. I mean, I remember when you showed me the show, and it, it was it was great, like you say. But once you started pointing out certain details of the show, I was like, yeah, I see that. And I I gave it a couple episodes more of a try, and I'm like, I think I'm burnt out. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, cause, we're gonna have a, a a polite breakup. Yeah, because I'll it's, come back. Now, lately, it's just I'd say the last fifty episodes of theirs is just self improvement. It's like, okay, I was looking for a business podcast, not a self-improvement podcast. There's a billion of those. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, I get that because I get, like you said, there is a truth to a degree that if you, if you're treating yourself like shit as a person, your business isn't going to be better than you are. Yeah. I understand that. But like I was saying, who, who's putting injectors in my truck while I'm at the gym on the treadmill? Mm-hmm. Nobody. My truck is still broken, still not getting fixed. And I'm just sweaty. Exactly. <laughs> Who, what, what am I missing to be able to have the money to pay someone else to do it? Yeah, their, advice is, the- their advice is take that load off your plate so you have time to improve yourself. How do I take that load off my plate? Yeah, how do I get to the point to where I can hire the third person that now drives my truck where I stay at home working on everything and I can go to the gym at 10 in, 10 in the morning? Yeah, or how do I increase my profit margins as such that I could have paid the dealer 10 grand to do the job I had to do? Yeah. Like I, I have to fight this battle constantly as a small business. I have a metric we use to measure how much money we need to make. So when I have breakdowns and stuff and it's at the dealer and they troubleshoot it and, and I and I take my trucks to a great dealer. They're great to us. And they do really good work and kick ass work. But I have to do the math every time and say they can fix it in three days, but it's gonna cost a shitload where I could fix it myself in seven days. But now I have to take seven times my dollar amount that my company needs. And does, is that more than the labor that the dealer's charging me? Mm-hmm. Cause the parts are going to be basically the same. So who, who's cheaper mm-hmm. me. And I'm not free because if I'm at home working on the truck, my truck's not on the road making money. Yeah. So I got to factor all that in. And there's just, there's issues like that that everybody, no matter what type of business you're going to run in, run or run into or be a part of, you're going to have those micro problems. And no one explains how do you navigate those micro problems. Like what I just explained, I've never heard what someone else explain. I've never heard them say, look, when you have a, in my scenario, okay, you have a broken down truck and the dealer wants 10 grand to fix it. And 6,000 of that is labor, 4,000 is parts. So you go, okay. All right, I'll give a real life example. I had a transmission go out on one of my trucks. The transmission itself was $3,600 plus fluids, all that stuff. So let's say you're in at four grand for parts. Parts and the transmission itself, four grand. That's not going to change whether I do it or the dealer does it. Yeah, that's a guaranteed four grand. Okay, but it would have been $7,000. It ended up costing me $7,000 to have the dealer do it with their labor. Cause obviously they're not, they can't put it in for free for me. Mm-hmm. It was out of warranty, all that stuff. So there's $3,000 on the table and I have to say, how long is it going to take me to do it? Because I don't have lifts. I don't have all the proper tooling. Am I capable? Can I do it? Yes. But it's going to take me five days, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to take me five days and a lot of curse words and a lot of beer, right? So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, if I 
don't, if I fix this truck, my truck's not driving for five days because my driver is also on his week off. It's not fair for me to make him come work over an equipment outage. That's not a sacrifice I'm going to ask an, uh, a, uh, somebody who works for me to do. Mm-hmm. It's a sacrifice I have to make as the owner. He's already, you know, he's already put in his time. He's already put in his three weeks of work. I can't be like, I could ask if I want to, but I don't feel good doing that. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask my driver to come work his week off. So I say, okay, if my truck is working and if it's making, let's call it $500 a day after expenses, fuel and all that stuff. After fuel, if my truck's making $500 a day and I'm working six days, that's $3,000. So let's say it takes me six days to do the transmission. I said five originally, let's call it six. Let's say I start on a Monday and I end on a Friday. You're not going to find a load on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. So it's basically the same number. Five or six doesn't matter. Your week is shot. But I could make money driving on a Saturday if I pick up a load on Friday. So yes. I would be making $500. It makes sense to have the dealer do it. Exactly. So, well, it, it, it could go either way. It was the same price. Yeah. Except now I didn't have to do it. Yeah. Because if... If well, I if I do it, like I said, the truck isn't making money, so let's I'm basically gonna have to pay my company that loss, which mm-hmm. is five hundred dollars a day times six days. There's your three grand. Or I could keep my truck working, pay the dealer the six grand, and I can go make that three grand in labor I gotta hand over to the dealer anyway, but I didn't have to do it. So the reason I paid the dealer is it was the same cost either way. Yeah. Now that whole story I just explained, I've never heard anyone go through a problem like that. Well, I mean, so just from hearing it, paying the dealer also helps you in the long run because, it, you know, it saves, like, your sanity. Well, there's one extra value. Yeah, that, that was the whole point is it saved my sanity. Yeah. It, it wasn't cheaper for me to do it No, is what I was getting at. And then the, the two bonuses, it saves my sanity from not having to do it myself. And I at least get a little bit more warranty out of their labor because they warranty their labor. Yeah. They're not, you know, obviously... If I put in a transmission and there's a problem with it when I put it in... It's all on you. It's all on me. Yeah. Where if they put it in, there's a problem, I can turn right around in the parking lot and be like, this ain't right, fix it. Yeah. And they're going to cover whatever they just fixed. Yeah. So those are the two perks. So in reality, it was better to pay the dealer because of like what you were saying. Saved my sanity and a little bit of warranty. Go to the gym, get on the treadmill. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, I had to work my truck. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. No, no one actually breaks down. a. Not a lot of people break down a problem like that that somebody in the beginning is going to have. You'll hear a guy talk about when you have a fleet of trucks having that problem, this is why it's beneficial to go hire a mechanic full time. I'm obviously not in a stage to hire a mechanic full time. Yeah, I don't have a fleet. Yeah, I don't have a fleet. Like your advice is ap- <laughs> ap- applicable to me right now, and that's what I'm saying. Is there's not a lot of people that talk through a problem the way I just did that a small business is going to have. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk through a problem of this is how you do your taxes when you're making three hundred thousand dollar a year profit. I'm making a three dollar a year profit. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be honest. I pay myself, I pay my bills. That's where I'm at right now. We're, we're still working on moving up. Yeah. That, and that's, that's what drives me nuts. There's not a lot of advice on how you deal with a microcosm problem at, that a small guy's going to have. A big guy with a fleet of trucks, it's a no-brainer. Hire a mechanic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you're paying for six transmissions, it's a lot of money. 
So that's what I'm saying is there's a big gap there that no one goes through. Okay. And that's, that's for every business, you know? So in, in my industry, that would be my advice to you. That's what I would tell you. That's how you work through that problem. But the problem is these books, these podcasts, they just tell you $100,000 problem, $50,000 solution. Well, I got a $5,000 problem. Yeah, I I know there's I I definitely listen to things where, you know, like it, you know, it gets you fired up. You want to go do more, you want to go do better, but then you're like, you know, you said reality check. Well, fuck, I'm still three three steps behind. Like I remember earlier this year, right when I first like started my brand and everyone was taking talking hard shit on Carhartt. I was like, well, I'm going to turn my shit around. I'm going to start making fucking that workwear was, gear. That was me. <laughs> I was talking. I remember telling you, I sent, I think I sent you a screenshot of Carhartt telling everyone to get vaccinated and you responded, sounds like time to make work gear. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, well, that looks like an opportunity for me. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've listened to shit and you know. And I've had people tell me, you know, I could put shirts in stores and things like that. I was like, yeah, that, I mean, like, I get that, but, and it could be me holding my own self back. How do I, how do I get there when I'm one guy with a one, with one heat press? How do I add all of these different shirt materials and styles and designs and all this stuff with keeping it me doing it and I'm not having, you know, other people do it. Well, John, you just have to go buy yourself a five press in a shop. I have to go buy a house and more more square footage. Exactly. But nobody wants to talk about how you, those baby steps between the two big steps. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you wanted to expand like that, you would need more ability to do more capacity. Yeah. So they would say, that's what you need to do. And you say, how do I do that? Yeah. Well, you need to get money. How do I get money? You know, get a loan. Well, how do I get a loan? What do I ask for when I go to the loan? Yeah. That's the thing when I start researching mortgage stuff. That's what everyone talks about, but they skip that step. Like how do they're like, go to your local bank and tell them you'll put in 25 grand because like how the banking system works, the bank has 25 grand of your money. They can loan out a billion dollars of fake internet digits <laughs> more or less. That's how they work. So if you go offer to put in, they're more, a small bank's more likely to loan you on a loan because you're helping them. It's a two way street. Yeah. How do I get to have 25 grand to go put? Or what if I don't have that 25 grand? Like, how did you start with the first fucking house? Like every little step, not just, well, on your first house, after you do that, you go do this. It's like, how do you do the first one, dude? Yeah. And how do you, details? Yeah, because there's, like I've told you off, off, off the show, you know, future plans that we have to do. Yeah. And there, there's some big plans. So it's like, oh, yeah. how do you get there? Like I've been given like business lawyer re- reference people and we're you know we're waiting for the new year for taxes and wait you know just to see numbers but we have big plans it's like where do you fucking start like yeah. that's some major shit that we're talking yeah. about and somebody be like oh well you need to go get a business loan what kind of business loan? you don't just go to a bank and say i need a business loan there's a hundred different types of loans yeah and- I, I feel like it's gonna be jim carrey in the mask well we have checking checking and saving checking saving and cds cds and checking yeah and i was like uh what they're gonna tell you that's the thing like in how what what do you need to ask for? Do you yep. need a construction loan? Do you need a, a blanket loan? Do you need a credit line? There's a hundred different products. It's yep. like, which one do I should I be looking at? And then creating the mother company of the umbrella of all these yeah, how to child structure. companies. Yeah. yeah. And, and no one talks about that. They're like, well, you just have one corporation own all these. How do you do that? Yeah. 
I mean, and luckily, the, the gentleman that gave me this, the business lawyer's per, contact is my chiropractor. So I think that would be a step, I guess. I've never, I haven't done it yet, so I don't know. If you need a business lawyer, go get a business lawyer. They, they, it sounds like they help, help push you in the right directions. Oh yeah. But obviously they cost money because yeah. they're a lawyer. Well, and that's, that is one thing I, I mean, going, going to other people is a good way to go for sure. That was one thing we talked about with that. I really liked about our tax guy. I asked him a lot of dumb mm-hmm. little questions and I had to ask him those questions because all these guys who are making money by telling you what to do aren't answering those questions. They're yeah. answering all these other irrelevant questions and that's just grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, like how how can you be a motivational person and talk about you know, getting in shape and getting your head right if you don't tell everybody what you were going through before that? Yeah. Like there's tons of motivational guys that do that. They're just I used to be fat and now I'm not. Okay, tell us about the process from fat to not. Don't tell us about how it's possible. <laughs> You know, we, we all know you can not be fat. Exactly. What were you dealing with? What are the little problems I'm going to deal with? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot like there's a guy I follow. He's pretty cool about like trucker fitness because as a trucker, it is it is rough on the body for multiple reasons. A lot of it is bullshit excuses you give yourself. Oh, yeah. A what? lot. A lot of guys are like there's no good fo- food on the road. Well, you need to put effort into packing your own food. A lot of it is. Un- unsolvable to a point. So there's things like, like I was telling you, I drove 10 hours or 10 and a half hours today. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way to get back from Newton, Iowa to here without me sitting on my ass for 10 and a half hours. I can't go be active while I'm driving a truck. No, you can't be on a treadmill cruising 80 miles an hour down the road. It but, almost sounds like they need to put some sort of exercise equipment in truck stops. Dude billion dollar idea i've talked with a another friend of ours <laughs> that i've had for a long time the whole if i had a billion dollars thing <laughs> if i had a billion dollars i would start a chain of truck stops partner with anytime fitness tell them to give me 15 pieces of equipment because there are a lot of truckers out there trying like i see guys at truck stops and f- fucking 300 pounds and they're two small gym shorts like walking around the parking lot with these little three pound weights there's guys who want i've it. seen people do, i do i i literally saw at the dump station off e470 a dude stopped in the you know we're the, just the parking break area he's out there doing burpees yeah. I, I gave that dude a big thumbs up i was like i'm not doing no fucking burpees because fuck those but good for you yeah no they're contrary to what people believe there is a growing number of truckers out trying to figure this shit out yeah there well, is I mean, a large they, there is a large number of self-excusers that just say there's nothing at the truck stop but carl's jr so i gotta eat carl's jr well you don't have to yeah like I, you, I, you, you set yourself up to only have Carl's Jr. Yeah, you have to put more effort. It requires more effort. I was telling you earlier about, you know, me trying to do this no sugar thing and the problems I'm running into, and there's certain things that I can't solve. I don't mm-hmm. drive a semi. I don't have a power inverter. I don't have a refrigerator. I have yeah. to rely on a cooler. And when you have a cooler on the back of your truck and it's 10 degrees outside and you're driving 80 miles an hour, your shit freezes real quick. Oh yeah. So that creates a food storage problem. So I have to try to figure out these ways to figure out food that I don't need to cook or food that can just sit in the truck with me and not spoil, stuff like that. It, it requires a lot of effort. And I really wish chain truck stops, like the one I would create if Donald Trump would write me a loan 
<laughs> like his dad did. He he wasn't self-made, guys. <laughs> we need to get on Elon for some money. Yeah, Daddy Elon, come on. <laughs> no, there's like I said, there is there's a market for it for sure. And I mean, this will be a whole nother podcast about billion dollar business ideas Albert has while he's driving around. But there's just but what I was telling about, there's a guy who's on fitness and he talks a lot about stuff, but he like glosses over things. You know, he he's already fucking shredded. Yeah. So he's out there like on his gooseneck trailer doing a hundred fucking pull ups while they're loading his trailer. And it's like what if I can't do a hundred pull ups yet? Just do one or is there something better to be doing? Like oh, I, I can tell you right now. I, everybody has their piece of advice, but I would also, a lot of it will contradict something. And a lot of it is self-excuses. There's a lot. That guy's telling you, it's too cold to cook outside. Honestly, it's never too cold to cook outside. I just don't want to stand outside in it. I don't want to stand outside in four degree weather with my little Coleman stove. Yeah. But if I was starving, you bet your ass I would have to. That's a self-made excuse. And I own that. But there, there's just little things like, this guy's already shredded. He's already in great shape. Are you talking about the Liver King? No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we could go on about Liver King. I actually listened to his uh, most recent podcast after the whole coming out of the closet steroid thing. <laughs> I actually have a lot more respect than, for Liver King than most people do. I believe him a little more on some, some things. And we'll, we should talk about that on another podcast. I'll have to look look into it because I just kind of like always brush it to the side. I was like, I, people are just trying so hard to, do, to like debunk, debunk people and just like ruin their lives. I get that he was selling a lie to people. But at the same time, you put so much time and effort into this. But yeah, that, yeah. that's definitely a time for another place because yeah, we'll I didn't really care. We'll have to talk about it because it's really interesting. And the guy who outed him, Derek, for more plates, more dates – Great YouTube channel. I fucking like watching his shit. Okay. Especially the fitness stuff. But anyway, uh, what I was saying, what I was trying to get at though is like this guy's doing 100 pull-ups on his uh, gooseneck and he says this is the best way to get in shape is to start doing pull-ups on your gooseneck. That's great. But I think for somebody who's 300 pounds and five foot seven, they need to be focusing on what they're shoving in their face not trying to do pull-ups on their gooseneck. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's what I'm saying about some people skip steps. Like, that guy's already – he started trucking in shape, and this yeah. is how he's staying in shape on the road. How, yeah, how are you going to get that 300-pound person to do five pull-ups? You can't, and you probably shouldn't. It'd probably hurt them more – it'd probably do more harm than good because yeah. they probably hurt themselves. Start with stretching and eating. It, I would say start with eating and stretching, like you said. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more elevated heart rate, like – walking around not smoking six packs of cigarettes while you're driving yeah. shit like that that's uh that's a great great example of kind of what i'm trying to point to is just shit like that like, okay like that guy is so focused on staying ripped or if you're say you're you you're in pretty good shape but you want to bulk he's he's talking to those guys like here's how you stay shredded or here's how you go from decent to shredded but there needs to be more focus on going from 300 pounds to not dying of a heart attack tomorrow when you're trying to get in your truck. Yeah. And I think out of breath after yeah. stepping up two steps. Yeah, and he's like he he's motivational. I mean, he's like a fucking David Goggins. Don't be a fucking pussy, don't do it. and he's right to a degree. He's mm -hmm. right to a degree. The degree is if you're already severely obese, that is not the first step you should be taking. Yeah. You need to find somebody who did what you need to do. You need to find a guy who was obese and how he got un, un obese on the road. Mm. You don't need to be focusing on the shredded guy staying shredded on the yeah. road. And to stay with the theme of that, to embrace the suck would be embracing the suck of change from going 300 pounds to not. Because 
you're, it's still going to suck being 300 pounds, but if you want to change, you need to embrace the suck that comes with changing. Yeah. That, that suck is major. Yeah. I can tell you that just because of how I lost weight. Yeah. You know, but that's all I'm saying. People need to embrace the suck and people like you hinted to early, quit focusing on the instant success, quit focusing on guys that are millionaires trying to be billionaires. I struggle with that a lot just because I do a lot of the social media side of things. I've seen it in you. I've seen your frustration like this only worked this much. And it's like, I know you'll get through it. Yeah. I've posted shit where it doesn't do well. And I post stupid shit that does well. It's like, okay, this is frustrating. But I, I'm like, okay, long run, long run. <laughs> exactly. Embrace the suck. It's going to be okay. I'm going to get better by being worse. Yeah. The only thing I'd say to you is just when that day comes where you're telling everybody, don't just say it sucked at first, but now I'm here. Yeah. Say it sucked, and this is what I did to get past suck. This is what you what you should do to. I I just kept doing it. And I embraced the suck. I fucking I'm I'm in it for the long run. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to happen tomorrow, but if it it does, it's going to be nice. But I'm in it for the the fucking ten years or oh, however yeah. long it takes. Yeah, but that that's because you're in the suck now. All yeah. I'm saying is, when you do have a storefront or you do have your gear in all kinds of different places, just don't forget to tell people. The first day I got my rocket apparel, you know, into fucking Bass Pro Shops or something, I, this is how I'd, I had to walk in there. I had to find the general manager. I had to ask for their marketing people. I had to do this, that, and the other. Don't just say, well, first I got into Bass Pro and then I expanded and now I'm in Walmart and oh, everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because Make, that's what that a lot sense. of guys do. And you don't know that yet because, like we've said before, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you're embracing the suck, and that's what we both have to do. That's what I'm doing, too. I'm embracing the suck like no other right now. But when I look back, I want to be able to tell people this is what I did step by step to get through the suck in my situation. Mm -hmm. That way someone else can go, hey, I'm also running a fucking trucking company off of credit cards. Oh, this is what he did. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that works. That's great. You know, because my solution is going to be different than the guy who said, well, I borrowed 20 grand from my dad and then I did this and then I paid my dad back and here's my success. Mm -hmm. Your, your solutions, that first solutions, they don't work for me. I don't have a dad that isn't charging me interest for 20 grand. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a good, I think we covered it. I, I know it was a little repetitive at points, but I hope ah, it, there's no problem with that. I, Even if it gets off the rails a little bit, it just shows that. I mean, it's a, it's a little like we're passionate about it. Yeah, we just go off topics and rants about. Well, definitely, and I know it's partially because we're both in the suck right now. Yeah, so we want you to know that the suck is going to suck. Yep, it, embrace it. It's going to be okay. And then when we do get through it, we'll be sure to talk to everybody about exactly how we did it, not just tell you we got through it. So, I guess we'll wrap this one up real quick. I hope you guys. Get something for it, or at least nodded your head yes a few times. Learn something else about streaming services. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the price of a transmission, a 10-speed transmission for a 2021 Chevrolet, $3,600. Yep. Don't let a dealer charge you five grand just for the transmission. Yep. And if you want to buy trading cards, I'm going to learn how to do it, so I'll be your new guy. There you go. <laughs> so, guys, don't forget to check out our social medias. Um. I think we should get hats. I like hats and stickers. I like stickers. Well, I'll come up with something. Hats first, though. Okay. But hats would be cool. I was going to ask you, should we make the Instagram people follow others? I've been kind of selfish with it. Like, 
we don't follow no one. You follow us. Because I'm like... Like what? Like our, uh, us? The, the No, the blue collar Instagram page. Like I follow d- people back or yeah. what? Should we be following people back? Fuck it. You, you run it. I don't care. I'm just asking what your opinion is. I, fo- I run the TikTok page and I suck at that because I've been gone for a week and a half. Do you follow... Does the blue collar... No. No? <laughs> are you, are you, are you going to let it? I should probably follow some people. So then I'll do that on Instagram too. So <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, we'll follow you back. Yeah. And let me just pull up social medias because Facebook is the blue collar syndicate Facebook. I don't have my shit pulled up, so I'm just <laughs> going to rant The blue collar syndicate podcast yep. on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram is blue collar underscore podcast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate. Yeah. Facebook, we already said it, the blue collar syndicate podcast. TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. And we're on TikTok till it's banned. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I fucked up with being gone, so there's really no episode eight videos, but there'll be plenty of this one. Yeah. And if we could ask a favor, guys, share share this podcast, share the pages, Talk about us. Let, yeah, let other people know and start DMing us and letting us know if you want to come on or if you have shit you think we should talk about. If you say yeah too much or you know. Yeah, you know, or like. I know I said like quite a few times this episode. <laughs> and we do actually have some guests we've already talked to about getting on, so that'll be interesting. We just, you know, like today, we're just figuring out scheduling. It's hard. Yeah, we had to squeeze this one in because, like you said, you drove 10 hours to get to Colorado. and I literally went inside, shit, showered, talked to the wife and kids for a few minutes, and came out here. (laughs) Embrace the suck. Embrace it. (laughs) See you guys later. Merry Christmas.